everybody. This is Austin Westlake, and I want to welcome you to the Local Leaders Podcast. The Local Leaders Podcast is a series of conversations that I'm going to be having with some incredible leaders, friends of mine, people that I'm getting to be around in this season of life. And today, it is such an honor to have Pastor Kendall Alfaro with us. What's He's up? a youth pastor from James River Church. He's crushing it. Right now, we are currently at our summer youth camp. He's been our guest yeah. speaker all week. He's been killing it. Students have been, been getting saved. So if you hear some yelling and cheering in the background, we are currently at youth camp. <laughs> we're having a blast. It's hot outside, but man, we're having so much fun. Kendall, I'm so great. glad that you're here with us. It's an honor to be here, Austin. It's already been such a, a fun week, and we've seen God do some some great things. And I know some people may not know exactly who you are or where you come from yeah. or what you do. So if you would, just tell us a little bit about yourself and... Uh, what your ministry journey has looked like. Yeah, so I'm Ken LaFaro, and uh, I'm married. I have a beautiful wife named Jillian. have two two sons, uh, Heisman and Roman, and so awesome boys. They're seven and one-year-old. And, man, I, I love Jesus, and I'm so thankful that, you know, we have the privilege and honor to be, be in ministry. And, you know, my ministry journey started when I sensed and felt the call to be an evangelist. And so that's kind of where it all started. I started traveling on the road as an evangelist, and I've, I've preached it all. So it's like camp meetings, Sunday school classrooms, revivals, conferences, just to have the opportunity to grow in so many ways, be around so many incredible churches and leaders. But in that, you know, we sensed and felt like God transitioned us, and, and the transition was into student ministry. And so we're so thankful that that journey began. Um, you know, I, I did five years of traveling as an evangelist. And then, you know, we've been youth pastors for, I would say, almost eight years now. Wow. So, uh, so we've been at James River right at five years. And so it's been just an honor to be a student pastor there. I started as a junior high yeah. six eight pastor. Yes, and then transition. That's right. That's it's right. Awesome. And so love loving me some junior high students, and then transitioned to one of our campuses, overseeing uh, six uh, eight, which is our junior high ministry, to nine twelve, which is our junior high yeah. high school yeah. ministry there. So that's awesome. And I, I have so much respect for your pastors, for your leaders, for your church. Pastor John and Debbie Lindell are Absolutely. just incredible, incredible people. Yes, they are. And my wife and I currently live in Springfield, Missouri. And when we're there in town yes. uh, on a Sunday, we uh, we attend James River and love the Lindells, love the family. They're just incredible Very leaders. for them. Absolutely. Making a huge difference for the kingdom. And undoubtedly, it's one of the largest churches in the Midwest and one yes. of the fastest growing yeah. churches in the Assemblies of God. And it's so cool to see what God has done there in their lives and through their ministry. I agree. And I would say, you know, me being here is a byproduct of their life and their leadership yeah. and just being in proximity, but also them speaking into our lives as well and leading us uh, and advancing the kingdom of God. And so that's why it's an honor to be here and an honor to be an extension of James River Church. Absolutely. That's awesome. I do want to ask you this one question, though. You have a Cowboys hat on. Yes. You got to explain the Cowboys hat just a little bit. Yeah. So I love the Dallas Cowboys, and I I still believe they are America's team. And so yeah, I grew up I don't watching. Think that's true. I, well, hey, I grew up watching the Cowboys. So, um, you know, yeah. So I believe that the best is yet to come. Wow. Uh, especially for the Dallas Cowboys, for wow. sure. <laughs> Speaking it as though it is, even that's though right. it isn't. That's right. Well, I'm a Chiefs fan, and I'm believing that the Chiefs are going to go ahead and do it next year. We should have right. done it last right. year. But I'm believing they're going to win. They're tough. They are. And Behind tough. Patty Mahomes, yeah. we, we just might do He's it. He's the real deal. He for is. Sure. But hey, the reason for this conversation is to talk leadership and to talk yeah. life and ministry. And I, uh, I want to talk some things with you specifically about ministry and leadership. 
And one of the things that I've seen in your life is that there's a spirit of excellence. Uh, I've, I've watched your ministry a little bit from a distance and somewhat up close now and getting to see the way that you approach ministry, youth ministry, and uh, serving in your church. There's a spirit of excellence there. And I'll never forget at uh, at Stronger Men's Conference, which by the way, if you don't know what Stronger Men's Conference is, it is the largest men's conference yeah. in America. It's amazing. About yeah. 8,000 men come mm-hmm. to Springfield, Missouri. It's an incredible conference. Production is unreal. <laughs> it is. Absolutely it really incredible. Is. And the speakers are great. Lives are changed. It's such a cool conference in the arena there in, in Springfield. And uh, this year, I had the opportunity to help serve on a team. Yeah. I just happened to get thrown in and serve <laughs> on a team because I was in town hanging out. And someone asked me if I wanted to. I said, sure. And it was such an honor. I had so much fun. But I was at a team meeting at the arena at about 1030, 1045 at night. And I'm heading out. And it's almost 11 o'clock at night as I'm heading out of the arena. I'm walking through the bottom floor of the arena. And as I walk past a doorway... I see out of the corner of my eye that you're sitting in the room. (laughs) And so I double back. I put my head in the door and I look at you expecting you to turn and look at me and acknowledge me and say, what's up? And I was going to say, what's up? But you kept your head down. You had your, uh, your AirPods (laughs) in and it was obvious that you were studying some kind of uh, a a note, a A sermon notes, a script or something. And I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but it was obvious to me that you were focused and you were, uh, you were into it and nothing was going to distract you. And what that said to me is that you have a spirit of excellence about you, that you're memorizing, that you're preparing. It's almost 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. right before the biggest conference in the region in America for men. And you're in there studying, preparing. And I just want you to speak to excellence a little bit, because it's obvious that your ministry has a spirit of excellence on it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, of course, the Stronger Men's Conference is incredible, and there's a lot of work that goes into it. But I would say, you know, Uh, the leaders listening to this, they understand, you know, the work that they have to put in week in and week out. And we understand that it's only as we work at it that we really can become better at doing it. Yeah, that's true. And really, you know, me doing that is just this understanding of, you know, I want to do the very best I possibly can. And it's that understanding, I think, because of the work of Christ in us, that, you know, as Colossians tells us that whatever we do, you know, we're going to do it with all of our heart. Yeah, it's awesome. As unto the Lord. And I think, and I think that's just kind of like the motivator there is like, Hey, this is my moment. I need to own it. And I'm going to do my very best in doing that. I'm going to do it wholeheartedly. Yeah, absolutely. And why do you think it's important for us as leaders, especially church leaders to carry a spirit of excellence? I know that you mentioned the the passage of scripture there. And I think a lot of us talk about having a spirit of excellence, but why is that important in the work of building the church? Well, I think it's about, you know, God's glory and him being known. And I think when we have that understanding, uh, you know, it goes all the way back to the beginning when Adam and Eve, they were walking in perfection. And then when sin entered into mankind, into this world, it was lost. And so I think in every single one of us, there's this understanding that there can be improvement that, but that, that sense of excellence, that spirit of excellence, I think honestly, it, what that does, it's like a pursuit. It's not necessarily a destination. That's great. And we understand that we want to improve and always say, you know, how can we serve people better, but also glorify God in doing that with our whole heart. And I think that's kind of the the spirit and the heart behind it. That's awesome. It's incredible. And what would you say are some practical ways that some leaders can start to build a spirit of excellence in their church, in their ministry or on their team? 
whether they're a coach or a teacher or they're leading a staff of any kind, what are some practical ways that in any context, someone can start to build that spirit of excellence in the people that they lead? Yeah. Well, I think, I think one, it starts with them as a person. You know, I'm reminded of in scripture, you know, we look at the life of Christ, but then there are also uh, individuals throughout scripture that it speaks of them. And one in particular is I think of Daniel. Scripture says in Daniel chapter six, that he had an excellent spirit. And then as it talks about him, then it actually kind of gives us the characteristics of what it means to have an excellent spirit. And it says like he was faithful, which means he was trustworthy which means that no matter what was put in front of him, no matter the kingdom, no matter, uh, no matter his context, that he was always serving, he was always faithful. And then it also says there was no error found in him, which in other words means that, you know, we have a word for that. It's called integrity. In other words, he's not going bad from the inside out. There was no error. So when people looked at his life, and then I'd say it says that there was no fault found in him. So it's this understanding of he wasn't negligent. He stewarded what God gave him, no matter what came his way, he stewarded those moments and those opportunities. And I would say as leaders walking in excellence and experiencing that in some practical ways is as a person, you know, are you stewarding what God has given you, what he's placed in your hands? Are you continuing to become uh, a man and woman of character and integrity? And are you just being faithful? I mean, honestly, like, you know, are you blooming where you've been planted? You're not, you're not waiting for another day, but right here, right now, you are making the most, as we would say, stewarding the opportunities that God has given you. And I think it starts with you, you know, first as an individual, but I think also when it comes to you leading your teams, I think in order for people to walk in excellence, they have to know exactly what that looks like and they have to know, you know, where you're taking them. And so I think you really have to spell that out, like as a leader, having a vision and establishing a culture of excellence. And that means sitting down and praying through and thinking about your context and the culture of your church. And I would say, as we talk to student pastors, really thinking about not just your vision of your student ministry, but the vision your pastor has for the church. That's great. Can you repeat that? Because I think that's that's the heart right there that we need to carry as youth leaders. Absolutely. It's, It's having an understanding of the heart and the culture that your pastor has for the church. And when you understand that, then you you start to understand, okay, this is what this looks like. If I was to write this down, it would look like this. And then as a leader, once you've spelled out, like this is the culture and our values, then you are as a leader supposed to lead people to that destination, to that place. And so uh, it really starts with you as an individual and then really... Uh, holistically praying through and thinking about what does it look like in my context to lead people in a spirit of excellence? In other words, if they're going to improve to what, why? And so you want to spell that out and you want to guide them in those. And that really helps you as a leader to be able to define whether or not you are walking in excellence. Yeah. You know, I would say if you go to a restaurant or an establishment you know whether or not they're doing an excellent job. Yep, and I would say no doubt. the definition would be meeting expectation. That's excellence when yep. you meet expectation. Right. But when you go somewhere and they go above and beyond your expectation, that's when you're like, that is incredible. Yep, yep. Well, we have to be able to define that for our leaders to say, hey, like Absolutely. this is the win for us and this is excellence. This is yeah. the heart behind it, the yep. motive. And you actually show them what that looks like. And I think once you do that, then that's when you start 
start to experience not only individually, mm-hmm. but even in your culture and in your context and even in your church as well. That's awesome. And I know that you talked a lot there about stewardship yeah, and about stewarding the opportunity. And that's something I feel like God has been dealing with me on is just stewarding what's in yeah. front of you, what's in Absolutely. your hand, stewarding the moment. Because the truth is, what we step into tomorrow is determined by how we steward That's today. Good. That's very good. Anything we're going to step into later is determined by what we're stewarding right now. Absolutely. Whether it's finances, whether That's it's family, word. whether it's ministry, whether it's a team that we're leading, whatever it is, yeah. maybe we're upset about the team we've got. Yeah. We think we want a better team. Well, steward the team we've got better. <laughs> Why would God <laughs> bless us with a better team or more capable people yeah. if we're not stewarding what we have right now? Yeah. And uh, I'm blessed because I have some incredible people <laughs> on the Southern Missouri District Absolutely, team. Absolutely, we do. But uh, I know there are people who at times get frustrated with who they have around them. Yeah. Well, we got to steward what we've got around That's us. We'd be surprised word. what's in people if we would steward I agree. that I agree. relationship that we have with them. And another question that I wanted to to ask you about, because this is kind of a touchy subject with some people, I believe that there's a fine line between doing things with excellence and between being excessive to an unhealthy degree. Absolutely. And so I, I was wanting to know from you, what do you think is a healthy balance in that? How do you find a healthy balance in all of that? Well, I think there's a, I think you, you should have a healthy tension uh, between relationships and results, yeah. Because I think you know we understand that to God be the glory, um, but we're moving the church forward to reach people, yeah. And so we should see some fruit from that. But I think also if if we're making it more about the end result than the journey that we're going on, but we have to remember like we're in reaching people, yeah. So in reaching people, it is about those relationships, and if people are a means to an end then we're actually missing wow. what God wants us to wow, catch. Wow, that's really and good. so that's what I think the difference is. When you make it just about your event being successful, or if you make it just about, well, we just want a large youth ministry. That's really what we want. But you're not really, really thinking about how you're serving the people yeah. and what God's doing within the people and also what he's building, not what you're building, not your wow. success, but what he's doing. Um, because he's the one that we allow to determine excellence when one day we stand in front of him and he says, well done, my good and faithful yeah. servant. Yep. And so I think there is a there is a tension when it comes to wanting to see fruit from what we're doing, but we always have to remember that it's really about relationships and how we steward those and also lead people in those. Because, you know, sometimes you can have, you know, you can plan and you can set everything in motion and everything's going to be perfect, but yet maybe it didn't work out the way you thought. But is that, could that really just be a loss or could it be that God had something like yeah. he was doing? Yeah, so that's great. I just think there's, there is a tension that's there, but I don't think uh, we should look at people as means to an end. It should be the opposite. Like we are stewarding people and God, we're leaving the results up to him. And that's why we constantly are having this understanding, this idea, well, how can this be improved? How yeah. can we get better? You know, how can we take people on this journey with us? And that way you're not just making it about the the end result. Yeah. And I, I think that's what Jesus demonstrated. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus built people. Absolutely. He was into building people. And one thing that I noticed about Jesus is that people were always more important than places. That's good. Yeah. Whether it was a, a place of yeah. influence or a place he needed to go or needed to be. Yes. If he saw someone on the way, that yeah. needed his help, he would stop where he That's was good. and he would help someone. Yes. And so to Jesus, the people are always more important than the place of success Absolutely. or the Absolutely. place of influence or place of prestige or being well-known or getting a lot of likes. 
Yeah. It's about the people. That's good. So I, I love that you said that. That challenges me, even in what we're doing, yeah. you know, trying to grow the district and, and build youth leaders. It's, it's to remember that it's about the people that we get to serve. And that's awesome. And speaking of, of a healthy balance mm-hmm. and a healthy balance between excellence and being excessive and obsessive, yeah. I, I, w- I would love if you would just talk a little bit about health in balancing yeah. or finding a rhythm rather sure. in ministry and in life and, and balancing all of that and finding a healthy rhythm that works, works for you and for yeah. your family. Yeah. How, what does that look like and what are some things that we can do to, to maybe find that rhythm? Sure. Well, I can say when you talk about having an excellent spirit and always looking for the best and improving, yeah. you know, um, I have found that ambition is an amazing thing. Like it can be an incredible thing sure. that God uses, but also it can be a thing that really jacks you up. And and I can speak from, you know, personal experience. Uh, not long ago, and this would be like last year, I had uh, an episode that happened in October and it was a stress-induced stroke that happened. And, uh, you know, for me being as young as I am and for me experiencing that, man, it it sidelined me but also opened up my eyes to kind of how I was pushing and the rhythms that I had in ministry and also in my life. And really it caused me to evaluate some things and really look at the rhythms that I had in ministry and in life yeah. that in this pursuit of of Jesus in the pursuit of uh, advancing and building the kingdom yeah. and letting God use you, that there are some things that God has done to help safeguard so that we can walk in health, yeah. but also advance the kingdom all at the same time. Yeah, you see great. this in the life of Christ. Yeah. And as he's doing ministry, even as it got intense, people are looking for him. He's getting out of there and he's going wow. and praying and he's spending time with God and he's resting. Yeah. And you know, I can say uh, I didn't do the best job with that. In fact, I can wow. say that I got off rhythm. What I was doing wasn't unholy, but at the same time, for me, like where I was at in the season, uh, it affected me in a negative way. And so I really had to look at, because of what happened to me, you yeah. know, my family and I, we had to look at what's a healthy healthy rhythm for me in this season? Yeah. What worked before won't work now. You know? wow. And so yep. what are some changes that we need to make and yeah. some adjustments we need to make in that? And so I can say this, I, we all have a rhythm right now in your season you know, yeah. you need to you need to identify. For some of us, you feel like you're sprinting. Others, yep. it's like running a marathon right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, it's you just some of it's it's easy, man. You're like, this is the best season of my life, and that's a rhythm that you have in this season. And I think you just got to identify your season. You got to identify what God's doing, and then you also need to say, what does it look like for me to improve and advance the kingdom, yeah. to take people on this journey with me, to see the vision and the purpose of God fulfilled but also even personally for our family as well as we're yeah. on this journey to make sure that we can sustain what God is doing. Yeah. And in your season, I think you can. God's going to help you discern that, but you, you really have to ask yourself those questions, be self-aware, yeah. and think about your rhythm right now. Like if someone, whoever's listening to this, they have a rhythm. You know, when they came in this morning or even this day as they're listening, yeah. there's a rhythm they have. Mm-hmm. And they have to think about, is this rhythm giving me life? Or do I feel like, man, I don't, I don't know like what's going to happen to me. I feel like it's kind of getting out of control wow, a little yeah. bit. So really thinking about that, praying, asking yourself those tough questions. And I would say, you know, if you're married, have a conversation with your spouse about your rhythm right now. 
Yeah. I mean, That's our great. spouses are going to be honest with this if they're like, um, yeah, you're crazy. You know, yeah, you're being she crazy. She will tell me in a minute <laughs> if right. I am pushing too yeah. fast or, or moving too fast or trying to do too much. Yeah, Absolutely. she will point it out. And I need that yes. sometimes. Yes. What I find is that the Holy Spirit speaks to me often yes. through my spouse. Yes, absolutely. I mean, God provided her for me and me for her. Yeah. And of course, God can speak through her to me and he does. Absolutely. And I would say, you know, what happened to me in October, my wife said, this all started back in May. Like I started seeing like, you know, um, you worrying about this or thinking about this. And I just see you staying up a little bit later, you know, processing this. And so she could see the effects of those things. And now we have a rhythm where she speaks to that, you know, or she comes to me and because we don't ever want that to happen again. But at the same time, you know, as you said, like there are people in our lives. So because then someone is listening to this, they may not be married. Yeah, sure. But there are people in our lives that we do life with and they see our rhythms. Yeah. And I think when someone asks you, are you okay? I think that's a real, that's a question that you really need to consider. Not when you're like, oh yeah, I'm great. You know, I'm moving, I'm a leader, I'm moving forward. You should really consider that and and look at the rhythms and allow God to really speak to you in your season on what you should do to either continue or maybe even change that rhythm in your life. That's awesome. And one thing that you said that immediately stuck out to me is when you said what you were doing was not unholy. Yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't have to be unholy yeah. to be unhealthy. I mean, we're building the kingdom. Like I'm yeah. loving people and right. I'm spending time with people and, and we're planning events and right. we're sure. thinking about how sure. are we going to reach more students yep. and how can we serve our pastor? Like we're doing all that, but at the same time, like it, I got derailed. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think as we're trying to build God's kingdom, we are, we are all susceptible to it. Or human. If absolutely. you're listening and thinking that you're not, when God <laughs> drops a great idea on you or gives you a passion for something, yeah. sometimes it's tough yes. to, to hone that in and yeah. pull that back a little bit, but it's absolutely necessary. Absolutely. I mean, we got to play the long game. Yeah. We're yes. in this for life. That's good. It's a good and word. So we got to make sure that we're playing the long game. And as we close our conversation, I want to do a, a segment here, really have one more question to ask you. And the segment is called this, you and yours, and I'll be doing this with people that we that we talk to in conversations we have, you and yours. And the heart behind this is just to ask you, uh, what is one thing that you believe God has revealed to you about leadership in this season? And is that something that you're sharing with your team? Yeah, I would say... I mean, it is. I would say personally, what I sense and feel like, you know, God is teaching me in this season is to hold things loosely. You know, I think many times, um, you know, whether it's uh, what we call dream teamers or volunteers, um, you know, they're never ours, but this understanding of, you know, they're on the team and they're going to be here forever. And they're, you know, you just have this understanding and, just to really hold things loosely, yeah. To really understand that that the way God works and the way He thinks is not the way I think, and it's not right. necessarily the way I work. And so, when we think about that, just God's teaching me, like when it comes to even my preferences, hold things loosely. You know, if I'm really walking by faith, that means God's going to ask me to do some things that are uncomfortable. He's going to ask me to do some things that are exciting, but to really like be willing in this journey with Him to walk by faith to hold things loosely and to understand that really he's guiding, he's leading. And what I've learned is that if I'm willing to do that, then I also get to reap the benefits. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, so I'd say in this season right now, out of many lessons that I've been able to learn by the grace of God, that that's one that that just comes to mind is just hold things loosely and trust him. That's great. That's great. I think a lot of times we assume 
that God is holding out on us or yeah. that God is holding back. That's true. Yeah, it's But it's not that he's holding back or holding out. It's that we're holding on. That's right. That's good. And we just won't let go. That's right. And let God have his way in whatever it is that we're holding on to so tightly. And then when we do lose that thing, yeah. we don't know what to do with ourselves. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great word of encouragement. And I appreciate that. I think I need that as well. Yeah. Because things do change and seasons change. And you know, I transitioned less than a year ago. And so there were things I held on to very tightly that I had to let go of. Absolutely. And, uh, if you're in ministry, that's just going to happen. If you're in yeah. leadership, it's just going to happen. Yeah. And so thanks for that. That's incredible. And Kendall, thank you so much for, uh, for sitting down and having this it's conversation. Uh, it has been great. And uh, just as we, as we jump off here, if you could uh, tell one one thing to a youth pastor, a youth leader, or a ministry leader, church leader, if there's one thing that you could tell them, what would it be? I would say this, uh, pray more. Yeah. You know, there's no one praying for your, I would say for your student ministry more than you are. Yeah. I mean, you, you carry the vision in the heart. Um, you know, your leadership does. That's why they've, they've given you the opportunity to steward that for yeah. them. But I would say... You know, uh, it's the one thing I I can see I've never say I've never done enough of, and wow. that's pray. And really, yep. when we pray and we seek the Lord, uh, we see God do things that we would not see otherwise. Yeah, it's true. And and when we pray, we see God honestly. Like we see the secret of great men and women of God. They just love God more than most, and they sought Him. And that's when you know revivals that. Uh, didn't start in prayer have never happened. Like we've wow. never seen them or experienced them. It's true. And so I would say, you know, I know it sounds simple, but the reality is, is no one's praying more for your student ministry than you are. And I would say, let's pray more. Let's see God and let's see his kingdom wow. come as will be done. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for, for hanging out. Thanks for That's being here at honor. camp Absolutely. for my first week of camp ever. It. Yeah. Uh, having so much week. fun. And I'm just, I'm um, glad that it was you here this week. I believe it was God ordained. Thanks Amen. for being here. Thanks for being on the local leaders podcast. And we're so grateful for you that are listening. We love you. And we believe that the best is yet to come. Peace. Peace.